Hello, welcome back. I am so thankful that you have joined me today. We are here with part two of my Leading Lady series. I didn't actually know it was going to become a series, but hey, I had more to say and I think it'll actually be a part, a three-part um, little mini-series. I think it's been one of those things that I started recording the last one, which already will be up, and so that's Becoming a Leading Lady. And from there, after I'd recorded um, that episode, I was just thinking way more about it and there was just so much more nuggets of wisdom that I've heard from other podcasts and books that I wanted to be able to talk about. And I think there was just so much more to be able to expand onto what I was saying last time. So I was like, hey, let's just keep going and record another part. So thank you for joining and I hope you enjoy this like little chatty episode. I have got so many different like little pieces of nuggets and stuff from different things so it might be a little bit all over the place but hopefully I've organized my thoughts somewhat nicely so that you can understand what I'm trying to say quite well. I will do a quick little recap of some of the main points from my last episode just so you have an understanding. I was talking about like the whole phrase leading lady comes from a quote Um, from one of my favorite comfort movies the holiday and in it the this old man is giving this woman you know having a conversation with this woman and he's just saying how like in movies there's the leading lady and then there's the best friend and he could tell that she was the leading lady but for some reason she was behaving like the best friend and that was like a light bulb moment for this woman where she's like oh my goodness like what the heck like I am sitting back in my life and I'm not I'm not like making the most of it and I'm just behaving like the side for the best friend and that was one thing that resonated so much with me and I linked that in with some stuff from Saltor and another quote that I'd heard that just made me really think about how beautiful my life is and the opportunities I have but if I'm just sort of sitting back and not making the most of it I'm going to miss out on all the goodness and from Saltor and those different quotes I just came to think about how life is more about looking at different options and inviting God and godly wisdom into the process and then using the free will that I've been given to make the best decisions possible. And last time I was just talking a lot about having ownership over my choices and recognizing that God's entrusted me with this one life and he's placed me on this earth with the gift of free will. And with this, like for all of us who believe in him he's called us to be his disciples and to go out reflecting Christ in his kingdom and his plan for us just might not be as detailed as what we believe and so that was my last episode where I was just sort of sharing lots of different thoughts about what it might look like for us to really take ownership and make decisions and just live with that and so from that I wanted to expand and as you can tell by the title I wanted to sort of chat about what it might look like for a leading lady to be surrendered. And this is, and this is not just for girls. If you're a guy listening, it'd be like the leading man surrendered. So don't, I hope the title hasn't scared you off. Welcome. If you are listening and you're a guy, you, this is exactly, this is not just for girls. So um, before I dive into a lot of it, I did want to sort of quickly talk about what surrendered looks like. And so I looked up the definition and one of them was to stop resisting to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. And when thinking about what this looks like with God, 
I just see how it's when we are living a surrendered life it looks like we've stopped resisting the Lord's rightful place as God in our life and I think quite often it's very easy for us to have the position of God and instead of having him in that seat we've stepped into that seat and we've you know tried to take that place of being God in our life and having the control and like it's beautiful to have ownership over our lives and to you know recognize that we have this position to make the most of what we've been entrusted with but it's still got to be God in the center and God in that rightful place um and so when we live a surrendered life we're stepping down from that position and we're letting him take that seat take that throne in our heart and then the second part of submitting to his authority a couple verses first is Galatians 2 20 it says I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me and then there's Romans 12 1 verse 1 I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And I just love how these both just symbolize, it's no, like when we become a Christian, we're reborn, we are allowing God to be the one who we live for. It's no longer living for ourselves, it's no longer um, all about what we can gain in the world, but it's about living for God and it's letting his spirit lead us and guide us and we want to be able to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice like rather than like Christ died he was our um the sacrifice for us that died but through him we get to be living sacrifices and which that's a whole different topic <laughs> but I think from that it's just such a beautiful thing when we submit to his authority and when we recognize that he's God and we're willing to come under that position and acknowledge that it means that we're just we're living a life that is for him to worship him and honor him and to just we want to be making decisions that just reflect what his heart is and a lot of like if you've read that Romans verse you know you've probably heard the second verse which says do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect with, a, with surrender and a willing heart to be transformed by the Lord, we can discern what his good, acceptable and perfect will is for this world and humanity. Um, I think that's a lot of the time what we're just trying to figure out is what do you want, God? What do you want me to do? How do I navigate this season? What do you want me to do next? Like we want to know the will of God so that we can be obedient to it and we can live a life that reflects his heart. And so I think becoming the leading lady is such a beautiful process or the leading man but becoming the leading role and leading figure in our life to be able to do that in a God honoring way we want to be seeking him in the midst of it all and we want to have a surrendered heart that heart posture of just being like yes I've got ownership but I have ownership under your authority and I want to I want to take ownership in a way that reflects you and so I think that just looks like having honorable intentions of wanting to live with obedience and obeying what is clearly communicated in the Bible, his word. Like he's written out and given us this beautiful book which has some really clear um, commandments and ways of living. But then there's also the side 
of making choices from a good place and trusting him to bless our path or gently lead us elsewhere. And I think that covers the side where we're making choices with discernment and godly wisdom from people around us that aren't clarified in his word. So sometimes we've got great guidance that tells us, yes, do this, don't do this, like this is what's best for you. And other times we're not told what subway order to get. So (laughs) there's like, which that's not exactly something you need to get godly wisdom about. But when it comes to those decisions that aren't reflected in the Bible properly, we can get good godly wisdom from people around us who can be like, hey, I think this is utilizing your skills really well, like go for it. Or this probably isn't the right season. Or I think this is just going to be a bit too much for you. Or your skills would be better placed elsewhere. So that's where it's so good having a godly community around us. And another couple verses that I really love that link in with all of this are from Proverbs 16. There's a few different ones that I'm just going to link together. So they say, All a person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. I think this is really beautiful. So the leading role... Having that leading role in your life means we're recognizing what our dreams and desires are in life and we're being aware of what we think the next step forward could be. And from that, we bring these thoughts before God so that he can weigh our intentions and our motives and we can figure out, is this self-honoring? Is this wrong timing? Is this like, we can figure out if the motives are more about what can I get out of life or how can I better myself or... um, better my status in this world or is it something that's actually really God honoring and wanting to invest into his kingdom and will help people so he can we can have that sort of gentle confrontation with him and be like okay what's my heart wanting from this and what's my intentions like are they honoring you and how you call me to live and then alongside that with talking with God we can also get wise counsel from godly people and see if his word already reflects these things as well so that's sort of the leading lady role and then with that we implement a plan if it passes the wisdom check so if we have got good wisdom and so far we think this is really great like this is actually something that you know is actually going to be really good with my life and utilizes my skills and I don't the the word doesn't say anything against it and all the people who I trust really support this then that's when we can put a plan in place and start taking those steps and the surrendered part where is where we hold that plan with open hands and we have that posture of being like okay I'm going to start moving but God there's room for you to breathe your truth and your wisdom and whatever you want to do into it so we're allowing God to alter our plans or show us a better option down the track and I was listening to this podcast for the girl and they had a guest speaker Tara and she I think has written a book about control and all of that and she was saying how we should make plans but hold them lightly before God and a verse that she was she mentioned was Ephesians 2 8 to 10 which says for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I think when we don't surrender, we're controlling. And controlling is a belief that it's up to us. This is what Tara was saying. And I think that's so true because when we haven't got that surrendered heart posture, we put ourselves 
in the position of being God in our life and we think that we control more than what we've been entrusted with. It's such a lie in society where they promote this idea of being able to be in control of your own destiny and like just go do it like you can do this girl that like go girl um, movement (laughs) which is really cool really empowering but not always based on a real God honoring mindset and so sometimes we take our God-given abilities and resources and the opportunities around us and the sense of control and we run with that and we don't wait on God or allow him into the process and Luke 9, 23 to 25 says, And Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? The world is constantly pushing this message of go get it because you can or just, um, yeah, do it because you're able to and while my last episode focused on taking ownership of choices and letting go of that immobilizing fear of doing it wrong I think there really should still be a sense of seeking God and there's I think this quote I don't know where it's from but it says just because we can doesn't mean we should and a leading lady who lives surrendered to the Lord will devote her life to seeking his wisdom and his will and she won't act in haste but also won't stay stagnant and do nothing with what God's entrusted her with. And I think that is a big question is how do we live a life of surrender and wanting to allow God to move and breathe his truth into our decisions and our plans and all of that, but how do we also do that while not being stagnant and not going anywhere? So like a big question could be does living surrendered mean we sit on our hands and not live actively but passively and sort of just wait for God to move and I talked a bit about that last time of how he you know we've got that free will and the ability to make our own decisions and I wanted to share a word that I got one Sunday at youth so I pictured this little baby chick in an egg being incubated so in like a nice little incubation box and it's warm comfortable and in its comfort zone so this little chick is yet to hatch and leave that safe incubated space in order to grow and you know it's grown to its full capacity but in order to grow more this chick needs to come out and baby chicks they need to build the strength and resilience by breaking that shell if someone helps the chick it doesn't strengthen its muscles and use the parts of its body that it needs to strengthen and I also got the picture that the warmth and the incubation temperature represents the presence of the Lord. And so I pictured myself as this chick and I just really felt like encouraged with how sometimes I need to start moving and I need to use my muscles and whether that's like spiritual muscles, physical, emotional, mental, whatever it is. And sometimes I need to take initiative in order to break into the next season of growth. And I need to make decisions and do hard things without fully waiting on God to simply break me out of that shell and into the next thing. Because if God does all the work, we don't grow the same. Like he wants us to grow and learn. We grow through doing hard things and we grow through failure and we grow in our relationship with God when we act out of faith and we do things trusting he'll be present and guide us. And when we break out of the shell and step into a new season or commit to an opportunity, if we've done so while keeping God in it all, then we step out into his presence. Like if you're in this incubation box, which is his presence that resembles your life and how you can never leave his presence if you believe in him, then 
if you step into that next season or take that action, you're still in his presence and in his love and his grace. And if we stay stagnant and live in that fear of getting it wrong, then we put off growing. And so I feel like that little chick bird analogy was really cool. And sometimes it's like the case with um, butterflies and other animals where they need to break out of that cocoon or that shell and that's how they get the strength to be able to live and survive properly. And so I think a lot of this is like that challenge to not stay stagnant, to not just fully wait on the Lord for a huge, like it's important to wait on the Lord, but sometimes I think there's a lot of pressure to do that for like a really long time. And in the process, we're just not really moving forward in life. And I think the real challenge is to have open hands rather than closed fists. It's to still go and do things and start start journeys and adventures and projects and new jobs or different things, but also having open hands when we're doing those things. I think you can maybe picture yourself, you've got your hands and within them are all the different things that you love and are committed to and are doing. And when our hands are open, they can still be full. Like we can still have really full hands doing all these beautiful things, but when they're open, we're allowing God to come in and be like, hey, let's maybe step out of this or I'm going to add this to your life or this, I'm just going to do a little tweak here. And so when we're living and moving forward, but have open hands, there's still the ability for God to move and to breathe his wisdom and desire into our life. And God has the ultimate control, but he has entrusted us with control over our own decisions and words and thoughts and actions. And when I was reflecting on that scripture above from two Ephesians with about the one about being saved through faith and how he's got good works for us, I had this thought of like, perhaps God has prepared specific good works for us that he calls us to fulfill on this earth. Like perhaps throughout different seasons, he's got these different tasks and people he wants us to interact with and jobs he wants us to take and stick through or interactions like all these things perhaps there are some specific good works that he has prepared for us but perhaps he also more often than not presents us every day with opportunities to be his hands and feet and to do good works I think when we believe in Christ and have a growing relationship with him we become more receptive to the Holy Spirit within within us and I think it's about learning to recognize the gentle nudge to do a good work and love the people on this earth like in the day-to-day rather than stressing out over what am I called to do in this like season I think it's constantly changing and evolving and there's always just new opportunities for us to love other people and so to some degree yes he's got this beautiful plan for our life and ways in which he'd love to involve us in doing his works but I think when we start moving God can direct us and bring clarity and bless our momentum I think we don't often have that ability to jump into something with the full picture because we're humans. We have limited knowledge. Like we don't get to have the full picture. Only God has that as he is God and he is all knowing. Um, and so at some point, I think we do need to take that leap and we need to make wise choices and do things to move forward in life, trusting that he's going to be alongside with us doing that. Some of this might be a bit more repetitive, from my last episode or a lot of this is going to be overlapping and you know maybe saying the same thing but differently I think there's just so many different little quotes or aspects and words that I've had over the last wee while so hopefully this is making sense but 
another thing I was just reflecting on the other day while I was driving is how all throughout the New Testament, um, God like mentions through the Paul and uh, the other people writing these letters and stuff is that God calls us his children. And I was just resonating on that and like realized, oh my goodness, like we're God's children, not his slaves. And slaves are often told what to do and when to do it. And there's so much expectation of performance. But being a child is about relationship. And it's you're an individual, but you're also still doing things with the father. I think there's a lot of times, like even in my own childhood growing up, where, you know, I'd have that ability to make my own choices and do a project or start an adventure but my parents were always alongside to do that with me and they were encouraging me through it and empowering me. But I still had that ability to sort of grow and learn and expand. And like if something went wrong, if I made a muck up or I failed, they'd be there to like, you know, pick me back up, get me going again, boost my confidence. And then they were also there for all my successes. And I think that's what it's like with God. We get to make a plan that honors him and aligns with how he calls us to live and we get to utilize our strengths and our gifts and our resources that he's entrusted us with and then we go and he directs our steps and he's also just alongside with us to celebrate our wins and comfort us with our fails I think he's just got such that heart of the father and I think that's one thing I'm so thankful with is I've been blessed with parents who really resume like reflect his heart for me I I just have a beautiful picture of what God's heart for me would be like through my mum and dad love them both um, I wanted to also share a story, um, a little snippet of my high school experience. So when I was in year 13, our school did the Beauty and the Beast performance and I cannot act to save my life. I will happily say I'm great at singing and whatnot, but when it comes to acting and even a bit of dancing, they're not my strength at all. Um, and for this production I was like let's just give it a shot like why not and so I got past the singing audition and that was beautiful and I'd been um put on the list to continue auditioning for the bell roll and I'm like oh my goodness that's like huge even just knowing I'd gotten considered for that I was like that's a win that can go on my little mental um achievements board and so I did the auditions the acting one absolute flopped it. I just remember, this is not fully related, but I remember I'd done a couple practicing, but I'd never done like an acting audition really before. I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do or how I don't do drama. Like it was just a lot. I didn't know what I was going in for. And I just remember feeling sick to my stomach before the audition. And um, just, I was like, I just want to leave. I just felt like crying. And I was like, but no, I'm going to do this. I'm like, I'm showing up for myself. Like I'm facing this fear. I think I'd um, gone through this journey. I'll probably do an episode on what my biggest failures have taught me because that this is like one of them, not that it was a big fail, but it was just one of those things that I just really challenged myself. And I was like, look, this could absolutely suck and it could be really hard and you might be embarrassed and whatnot, but like, let's show up, let's do this. And we can cry about it on the way home, but let's just do this. And so I do the audition, as I guessed, it was not great. (laughs) I'm sure the teachers were like, what are you doing, girl? But I'm like so proud of myself for doing the hard thing and showing myself that I have bravery and courage. That wasn't really relevant to this, but I just thought I'd share it because it's really cool and we just, 
do things that are hard and we prove to ourselves that we're capable of handling those things and we can cope. Like it wasn't the end of the world. I didn't die of embarrassment. I didn't die of like feeling like a failure. I just did it, processed it, moved on. Now I get to talk about it in a podcast. But with all of that aside, I'd done the audition and it got to the time when the roles were released and I was walking to the school gym with one of my friends, Esther, if you're listening, love you. And I was telling her about how like, oh, I'm okay, whatever the result is. Like if I don't get it, I'll just see it as God stepping in because he knows it wouldn't have been right fit for me. And I think just that moment really just reflects a lot of how I live and how I view the world. I'm not really a full on coincidence girl. Like if I, if something happens, it doesn't go the way. Maybe initially I don't like I'm bummed out or I'm like, no, I hate this. And, but then later on, I'm just like, oh, I just see God's hand in it. So I was just like, hey, if I don't get it, I'll just see that as God redirecting me. And I didn't get it. Thank the Lord though, because I'm so glad I didn't have to learn all those lines and it just would have, it would have killed me. (laughs) Not literally, but I just would have really struggled. And so, but I did take that chance and I put myself out there and I took that responsibility for my decision to give it a go. But then God was able to be like, Hey, acting is not your thing. Like we both know that this is just going to stress you out a lot. You're going to have a lot of pressure. There's going to be other people who are better fit for this. And so I just, that moment though, has just stuck with me of how I'm able to do do things, but then be like, Hey, I trust that God can rearrange my steps if he knows best. And Like I was saying in the last episode, I've had so many moments of procrastinating making a big decision or doing something I'm passionate about because I don't want to go against God's choice for me or make a decision that is wrong. And I think God's just been really freeing me from this idea of every every choice is crucial and that I have to do something step by step. It's just, I've been on this really cool journey of realizing, hey, life is meant to be lived and embraced and be full of beautiful celebrations and achievements, but also some fails and being like, hey, that probably wasn't right fit. So I think a big part of my journey that really resembles this whole idea is my process of figuring out what I wanted to do after school. So all throughout my my school life, I've always thought I'd be a teacher. I was like, yep, I'm going to be a teacher. When I was like seven years old, that was my dream to when I was 18 years old, I was like, yep, I'm going to be a teacher. And in my last year of school, I attended like this little careers thing and I felt inspired to study biochemistry and and like go hard on my sciences and then do a year of teaching afterwards because then I could figure out, okay, do I do a year of primary or the secondary so I can teach biology and chemistry? And so I did that. I, I didn't really feel as though I fully knew what God wanted me to do with it. I I was sort of like, here's an idea, but then I just, I was like, okay, let's just start it. So I started my three-year degree in faith that God could reveal to me throughout that which aspect of teaching I go into, or he'd just, he'd direct my steps. And as I went about the three-year degree or three and a half years, my heart changed and teaching no longer felt like my passion. The classroom scene and teaching just wasn't making me excited. And so I started not stressing full on, but I was definitely being like, oh my goodness, I'm doing this degree. Is it a waste? What am I going to do with my life? You know, year 13 all over again, pretty much. And 
over the last 18 months of my degree and then like six of those months were my little gap six months I came across people and content on Instagram and through blogs and whatnot who inspired my own journey of health and I just gained like such a deeper sense of confidence in myself and as I was doing that I was like oh I actually have this cool passion for personal growth like I naturally desire to grow and to better myself and I love having friends and being around people who also want that and I was like maybe I can somehow merge this with my biochemistry degree and merge that with maybe some kind of health coaching thing because that was what some of the people I was following that was their role and I was like that looks really cool and so I was like hey this could be a good idea didn't really know if that was exactly what God had like called me into I was sort of just like I feel like you've inspired these passions and like it could use my gifts really well I think but I didn't have this clear like mercy do this and so I was just like hey I'm going to take a step, I'm going to do it, and you can redirect my steps. Because he did that with my biochemistry degree. He, I started it out, didn't really know where I was going with it, and now i finished it, and I'm like, oh, I actually see where I could maybe go next. And so now I'm doing the study, don't know what the big picture looks like, but I'm trusting God to keep directing my steps. And I think it's going to be one of those adventures where I, as I do my study, I'm going to continue to figure out what little niche I want to go down or how I want to you know, reach people and help people through what I've learning. Like I want to find the mercy version of all of this. And so I've made a plan. I'm doing it. I'm keeping God involved and constantly chatting to him about it, but I'm not stagnant. I have, I'm keep, I'm still moving and my passions and desires have changed along that whole way. I've, I've been just like this adaptable little being who's like, Hey, now I'm passionate about this. Let's see where this could go. And I think a lot of that is just being influenced by him because I just believe his spirit is able to guide us and lead us and he gives us these beautiful desires for life. And so I'm just trusting that he will be able to breathe and move and do beautiful things from this degree. Uh, well, it's not a degree, but this qualification. So now I take the leading role in my life and I've... I feel empowered to do that, but I'm also still surrendered to the director role. Um, I've, well, I've surrendered that role to God. I I recognize, yep, I may be the leading role in this little movie of Mercedes Marshall, but God's my director. And he knows what situations will utilize the best of my strengths and talents. And in his all-knowing nature, he understands what will bring out the best of me and what will lead me more towards being a beautiful reflection of Christ. And that's my desire. I want to reflect him and honor God through all that I do. And within all that, he also knows what situations aren't going to be best for me. He knows the things that I might choose out of sin or wrong motives. And that's where it comes to making plans, but talking with him about them first so he can help me check check where my heart's at. And then he can redirect my paths if I've chosen something that doesn't align with either his word or isn't going to give me a beautiful, full life of serving him that he desires for me. And so this podcast is a little bit shorter than the last one, which is probably quite nice for you. There'll be a part three. Um, But I think my takeaway point from all of this is to focus on the next right step And be open-handed and open-minded with where God might want to lead you from that step. So I think 
I just really challenge you to own the leading role in your life, to embrace what excites you and what you feel could be a really cool plan to move forward in, but also to keep God involved and allow him to move and renovate your plans along the way to make them better. I think there's such a beautiful thing about someone who's so confident in like living life fully, but who also has that heart posture of being surrendered to God. And I definitely don't do this perfectly. There's a lot of things I just jump right into and I'm like, oh, probably should have talked to God a bit more about that or talked to my parents or people at church. I don't always do this well, but I can see how over the last few years I've gotten better at just feeling confident in my ability to hear the Spirit, to listen to God, but to also like understand what he's um, entrusted me with and the desires that he's got. And yeah, I think... That's been like my favorite part about this past, the past few years, just within my health journey, within my study, friendships, work, all of these different things. I I feel like I've just had this little glow up where I'm just way more confident in who I am, and I just my life feels so full. I whenever people ask how I am, I've been saying, I don't want to say I'm busy. I want to say I'm full, and that's my my life's full. Um, that's my approach at the moment because it that's what it is I've got all these beautiful things that I've jumped into and committed to and going hard at but I've also kept God within it all and I'm seeking him and have this relationship where I I want to honor him and do things right and that's where the relationship part is so important because if I don't have a close relationship with Jesus I'm not going to hear his voice about where he's wanting to lead me so I hope all of this made sense it maybe didn't. Maybe you were like, Mercy, you've repeated yourself five times or that was just all over the place. But maybe you got some beautiful golden nuggets out of it and just feel more empowered to live your life but also to know what it can look like to be surrendered to God and to have surrendered your plans. I think that's a beautiful thing um, that we can do as believers who love him is to you know, let go of that control and let go of the expectation that we have to have it all figured out. But no, we can have some kind of plan, but he's the one who we want to bring that to and let him speak into that. So yeah, I hope you are blessed by this sweet episode that you have a beautiful day. I've recorded this the day before Easter camp, so I'll have to finish up so I can go set up tents. It's going to be so good. But I wanted to get this one done because this is a lot of stuff that's just been on my heart. I've been thinking about this for a wee while since recording the last episode. And I was just getting really excited because I think as I've been like listening to podcasts and getting more of their golden nuggets or reflecting on notes I've had in the past already, I just I've been encouraged. I think a lot of this I think that's what I love about this podcast is I can share things that I'm currently being inspired by and encouraged by I think that's what I love the most is it's not necessarily I've got this all perfect this is something from years ago like this is something I'm learning and and being encouraged by right now but this is what I'm processing at the moment you're getting the the real deal although by the time you listen to this that would have been like a month or so later (laughs) but hey it's as real as you can kind of get when I'm recording in advance so Thank you so much for joining. I will end it now so this I don't just keep chatting. I could easily just go on and on, a little rant, but I'm not here to try and make another 50-minute episode. That, that can come naturally. 
but yes, I thank you so much for your time. Don't want to take too much more of it. So I pray that you have a beautiful rest of your day and that you felt encouraged that you'll be having a week where you can just see the ways in which you can be the leading role, but also still listen to the listen to the director who's God. So thank you so much for joining and I will see you next time. Bye.